Good Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to the BallQuest.com podcast brought to you by Blue Water Climate Control. Glad to have you along with us on this Tuesday as Tennessee returns to action this week to take on Arkansas. Brent Hubbs here with Austin Price and Rob Lewis. And again, for uh, all of your HVAC needs, check out our friends at Blue Water Climate Control. Check them out on Twitter at BlueH2O underscore climate or online at BlueWaterClimateControl.com. But before we get going, did it seem like the normal bye week as far as length of time between one game and the next, or because of COVID, did it seem like it take just a little bit longer? Your thoughts? Uh, it seemed like a week. Yeah, okay. I thought it, I thought it just seemed like a week, AP. But okay. then again, I wasn't spent. I didn't spend all all weekend putting up Christmas decorations either. So that might have made this it drag out. This is true. You know, I'll say this, I'll say this in, in all seriousness. I mean, I think the whole fall has felt different because you haven't been on campus. You know, there's no practice access. So I think game weeks have felt different all season long. And I think game weeks have been longer all year, have felt longer all year long. So I, I don't know that the off week felt any different because on a normal game week, you're not going to campus and doing the normal things that you're doing. So I thought the open date felt a little bit more like almost the game weeks have felt the last, you know, five weeks than it than it does in a normal in a normal open date in a normal off week. So, just my random thought there. I am kind of mesmerized by your Christmas tree there, Austin. Price. Well, and AP, you didn't go to Disneyland either this this time. That's that's this, another COVID factor. You got to you got to figure it. This is also very very <laughs> legitimate, um, but that's okay. I'll be there. Uh, starting uh, the day after the early signing period, uh, you know, in December. So, you know. That's true. It's a good point. AP, AP, you know, the rest of us are at home doing laundry or whatever during an open date. AP's, you know, in a world-renowned golf course or in a world-renowned resort uh, hanging out with Mickey Mouse and the boys. All right. So, let's get into a little ball here right quick um, as we uh, dive into Tennessee and Arkansas. So let's start with Arkansas because they, they did play this weekend. Uh, I don't know how much you guys had a chance to watch them on Saturday night um, and how much you've really looked at them at this point yet. What, what's your takeaway from, from the Razorbacks? Aside from, you know, we all know Sam Pittman's done a good job, but when you look at this matchup, Rob, what, what's the early takeaway from, from Tennessee and, and Arkansas based on what you've seen out of the Razorbacks? Well, I mean, this is not a hot take. I mean, I think a lot of people have, have discussed it. I mean, Felipe Franks looks – I mean, better than I think he ever looked at, at Florida. And especially when you take into account he's played an all-SEC schedule, I think with 11 touchdowns against three interceptions. Uh, his mobility was on, on full display against Texas a and I'm not trying to make him out to be some world beater or anything like that, but I think he's played probably the most efficient football that I've seen him play. And I think that's impressive considering that he's surrounded probably by less talent than he ever has been before. And on the other side, I mean – if Tennessee had shown any consistency running the football, I think this is an Arkansas defense that can really be had, can really be worn down by a physical ground game. And if I'm Jim Chaney, that was a focal point for me in the open date, especially you getting healthier on the offensive line and, and perhaps building some continuity there. Yeah, I mean, in watching Arkansas, they, they use a ton of motion on offense. You know, so like it, to me, it's going to be – this is a, you know, a, a linebacker game. You know, Henry's got to play well. Q, Q can't have any bus getting caught, you know, looking in the wrong direction. Um, you know, so Felipe Franks is playing solid football. You know, I, I still maintain Arkansas is not that talented. 
they are just competing and the want to is, is, is there. And, and, you know, that, that goes a long way, you know, when you, when you have the want to, 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 you know, want to compete at a certain level, practice at a certain level, play at a certain level. So, you know, that's my thought about the hogs. Um, as for Tennessee, I think Rob's right. Tennessee's going to have to run it, run it, run it, run it, and then be opportunistic when they throw it. And, and, you know, Arkansas plays, you know, kind of like Kentucky played Tennessee. They, they, you know, they're going to allow you to keep everything in front of them and, and run the football. And then, you know, when the field becomes smaller, you know, be able to defend a shorter field. Yeah, I mean, clearly they're going to drop eight because that's what they've been doing all year long, Arkansas is, and they're going to make you your try to be patient uh, at the quarterback position and patient with your play calling, which is what Kentucky was doing. And and Tennessee didn't have enough patience, I didn't think, in that game. I'll say this about Arkansas and watching them. It, it was clear to me uh, that their um, off-week work was clearly about the run game. And, and I know Felipe Franks gained yards and, and put some yards up in that game, and certainly his legs were a factor scrambling around. But they ran the football better in that game against Texas A&M at the running back position than I thought they had in previous games. And I'm not surprised that they're getting better there because, you know, their head coach is an old offensive line coach, and that's been a focal point for them. And I thought that showed up uh, against Texas A&M. So I think for Tennessee, um, as much as there's talk about Felipe Franks, Felipe Franks and his legs, and Tennessee's got, got to contain the edge, they got to be careful not to get gashed in the inside zone stuff up the middle because I, I thought Arkansas hit some pretty good explosive plays in their in their run game between the tackles with the running back, and that's something Tennessee has got to do a much better job starting with that defensive interior, which is not played up to standards. And then, um, Rob, they got to tackle. You don't miss 23 tackles and win a lot of football games. They've got to tackle better than they did in the Alabama game for sure. Yeah, and, you know, Najee Harris is – a cut above what they're going to be seeing right here, but that doesn't, you know, excuse the, all, all the misses they had, all the angles that, that were issues. And I would imagine it's a gross understatement to say that was a focal point for, for Jeremy Pruitt last week on the practice field. And I'll also be interested to see, are there any benefits of him, of him being the de facto defensive line coach for, for an open week? How hands-on was he? Does that show up with a group that I think, you know, we all expected to be, one of the strengths of this team. And, you know, while they've been okay at times, that they have not shown up, I think, like any of us expected them to. When you literally brought back every single contributor from a from a group that, that got pretty good as the season wore on last year. All right, Austin, I mean, obviously you asked the question on Monday. It's it's the question everybody's going to want to, you know, want to know about Tennessee's not going to want to share. Um, what what – what do you think happens with this team with the COVID deal? I mean, we, we're seeing numbers going up, seeing contact tracing. Can Tennessee get through the open date and get through, you, you think, unscathed on this deal? I know it's pure guess and pure speculation uh, at this point in time. But, I mean, to, to do that, to do that, what they're going to – I mean, I would, I would imagine you're testing more this week than you've tested any week of the season to this point because of what Saban was allowed to do you know, in terms of being able to test out of it and, and change there. Don't you think Tennessee's probably more aggressive in testing um, th this week than they have been in other weeks? Yeah, no doubt about it. And and I think that, you know, any school that goes through a bye week right now is inevitably going to have some positives, whether it's with their coaching staff or players. And uh, so, yeah, I think Tennessee's, you know, I'd be shocked if they're not affected in some form or fashion 
when they go to Arkansas this week. And uh, if you're Tennessee, you hope just to be not affected, um, you know, in mass quantities at a, at a particular position, you know. I mean, you know, so Tennessee's, you know, I, again, I would be flabbergasted if they're not, you know, feeling some effect, whether it's, you know, the smallest of a, of a backup player or whatever. Um, I, I just think ultimately when you give kids multiple days off, they're not going to sit on their hands at their apartment. They're going to go out and about. It was Halloween weekend. Um, you know, not ideal uh, for, for, for the bye week, but it is what it is. Who would have thought, Rob Lewis, that an open date might not be a great thing for a team halfway through a football season? You know, and, and I don't I don't think Tennessee's got I mean, there, I've not heard any rumblings of massive outbreaks or anything like that. But it's just another layer of stress where an open date could potentially work against you in some ways because well, you're mean, out of a routine. And it's just I mean, it it's tough to tell a, a 19, 20, 21 year old kid not to act like a normal college student on a weekend that to, to, to put, who had, as someone who has a, a college student, I can promise you it was pretty festive on campus and and you know Jeremy's talked about these kids doing the right thing and, and being conscientious but I would imagine it's 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 difficult to as Austin said lock yourself in your apartment and you know play Xbox all weekend and I'm not I'm not saying I know that anything happened or anything like that I'm just saying that I think as you alluded to it was Halloween weekend open week this might it, it was a great time for Tennessee health-wise to have an open week I don't know if it was a great time social-wise to have an open I don't know. If you've seen the new uh, promo for the uh, Call of Duty Cold War, which, <laughs> which features Ronald Reagan, um, I, I could get behind that a little bit. All right. Let's talk a little bit about Tennessee offensively. Uh, we talk about what they need to do. What, what are the chances Tennessee, by, des- by choice, not by poor play, plays two quarterbacks in this game? How I think that, choice? Let, me, let me ask this way. How creative – how many wrinkles do you think Tennessee's offense? Do you think Tennessee's offense shows wrinkles in this game that we haven't seen thus far? I mean, I'm surprised that we didn't see. And, and again, this goes back. I know those guys, especially, you know, Jeremy's hinted that the freshman receivers all missed a ton of time. I was really surprised that we didn't have a, a Jimmy Holiday package that we saw in the first five games. I mean, not, and I'm not talking about he gets a series here or there. I'm talking about, you know, certain down and distances, he's got a two or three play package that, you know, that they roll out there. I, you know, given the struggles that they've had on offense, they're scoring 22 points a game. They're horrible in third down conversion. I would have, I would have developed that little wrinkle last week when I had, you know, ample opportunity to practice without getting ready for an opponent. That's a small thing in the grand scheme of things, but that's one little area where I think they could get creative without spending an hour a day practice on it. I think they're going to play Brian Maurer at some point in this game. And, and Regardless some, of how, how J.G. looks, I mean, he's going to play? I think that they'll use him in some type of package at some point in this game. Maybe I'll end up being wrong, but that's – and again, they've had packages in for multiple guys through the first five games and have, have, have elected to use them some and have not elected to use some. Um, you know, but I, I think that, you know, even if J.G.'s, you know, starting solid, I could see them going to – you know, some zone read stuff with, with Mauer just to change it up. You know, you, you can control that where you don't put it in the air, you know, and, you know, you just, you know, let him keep it or, or hand it off on some jet sweeps just to change a pace type of thing. I, I could totally see that this week. Well, as Hubbard pointed out in the chat, 
so adroitly tonight. I don't know. The zone read doesn't make a cha- make a lot of sense if the quarterback's never going to keep it. Right, and we know JG's not going to keep it, or he hasn't. He hasn't to this point. He has not kept it, as we saw with Justin Worley in the Butch Jones offense. Didn't work real well. The zone read was very was not very effective until Josh Dobbs became the quarterback of record and a guy who was willing to keep the football. And then suddenly the zone read was Tennessee's best play. When when you look back on the first five games, first five weeks of the season, biggest surprise. Is it the fact that they have not played more of the freshmen meaningful roles, or is it more the secondary struggles? Secondary. Is it more the quarterback struggles? What's the biggest surprise to you? I think it's the secondary, Rob. I mean, you know, I mean, maybe you could say the quarterbacks, but I mean, you know, Jared had these mistakes a year ago. So, I mean, you'd seen them. The, the, the secondary, you thought, you know, and at least I did, I thought they would be better across the board when, you know, I thought they would really kind of tighten things up when Schamberger came back. And I would, you could argue that things are, are way looser now with 12 at, at, at nickel than, you know, before he came back after the two game uh, miss to start the season. So, you know, I, I think it's definitely the secondary. I mean, I could, I could, wouldn't argue strongly against that, but I will freely raise my hand up and admit I'm with somebody who drank the Jared finally has an offensive coordinator for the, the second straight year. Jim Chaney, you know, has a proven track record. He's going to be better. I didn't think Jared was going to be, you know, an all conference quarterback. I thought he was going to be competent. I thought he was going to be efficient. I just thought he was going to be much more in command of this offense in, in year two. And obviously I'm, I was wrong on that. So, I mean, I'm, I can, I can get behind the secondary argument, but again, I was somebody who hook, line, and sinker bought the, you know, he's finally, for the first time in his career, he's got the same offensive coordinator. He's going to, you know, not unleash hell on the SEC, but he's going to be a solid quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I, for all the talk and I, and I fell for it again and I get, I kick myself in the head, you know, cause I say, I'm not going to do this, by the way, it's a pretty good image kicking myself in the head. Right. Um, I say I'm not going to do this every summer, and that is get caught up in newcomers and talk about newcomers. But there was so much gushing about the freshman receivers and so much talk about what they lost at the receiver position. I'm just amazed that we haven't seen anything other than Jalen Hyatt, anybody other than Jalen Hyatt at that at that position, and that Cedric Tillman is is occupying as many snaps as he is occupying and and, and, you know, is being targeted the way he is. And we haven't seen more Velas Jones in the, um, you know, in, in the passing game. And we haven't seen those freshman receivers. I'm with you guys. I thought the secondary would certainly be better. Um, and that is a surprise to me. But I'm almost as equally surprised that the, the freshman receivers, for all the talk about them in the summer privately that people had, that we just haven't seen them be a factor through the first five games. Um, and, and you go into this game wondering, and, and everybody wants to know, are you going to see them? I don't have any – Austin, I don't have any gauge that you're going to see them any more in this game against Arkansas than you saw them against Alabama or Kentucky. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they repped a whole lot more against Alabama um, than they had at any point during the season, not counting Jalen. Jalen's been repping the whole time. But, I mean, they got a lot more reps for, the, for, for Malachi and the Jimmys. And – Elected not to to give them any kind of run until you know deep into the fourth quarter, down three or four scores. So, you know, it's kind of like you know, I said in the chat, I've got to see it to believe it. I mean, yeah. like they've had packages in, they've had things set up for guys. Um, 
and then elected not to do it uh, once they get into the flow of a football game for whatever reason. So, you know, unless they're going to go out there and, and give one of those guys a, a real shot early in some scripted stuff, you know, I'll again, I'll have to see it to believe it. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, as we talk about the final five games of this season, kind of big picture here, we all know quarterback play has to get settled for them to have a chance that to, you know, to do some things down the stretch. Um, what's more important for them defensively? Finding a pass rush, shoring up the middle in, in you know, at the safety position in, in the secondary, tackling. What, what do you think is the most important thing that they have to fix defensively? I think we can all agree offensively it's all about the quarterback play. I think if you say, what's the biggest thing this team's going to improve upon the back half of the season, I think we're all going to say, find, you know, find some consistency at the quarterback spot. So taking that away, what's the biggest, what's the biggest fix they've got to have on defense if this team's going to have a chance to upset some teams they're not going to be favored against down the back half of the schedule? All of the above, Rob. You've got to tackle better. They got to get pressure on the quarterback. Secondary's got to be bad. I mean, it's the truth. Though. I know it is. It is. But what if you can only have one? What's most important? middle middle of the field in, in on defense in the, in the passing game? I mean, because I mean they were bad against Alabama tackle. I mean, really bad. But have you? I mean, do you remember cut out a week a game where you you thought they were really terrible in that regard? I'm not saying they did lights out, but. I thought the Alabama game was the only one who really highlighted the fact that they, I mean, they missed some, some, I mean, had some bad misses, but everybody, even, you know, you know, Georgia's not that great of a passing team. Kentucky's not that great of a passing team. Everybody has found success in the middle of the field. I mean, chucking it down through there, a pass rush would, you know, work hand in hand with, with fixing that. But to me, it's, until they get short up and keep in mind they're playing better passing attacks I think in the second half than they did in the first half when I mean, Alabama is the tops but Kyle Trask can beat you up down the middle of the field with pits Kellen Mond you know he's not fantastic but he is probably having the best season that, that he's had there he's been much better the past three games I, I you know Bo Nix is all over the board but he can occasionally make a play here and there I, I think it's cleaning that up I mean, just people are going to pick at that like a scab all year long until you prove you can stop it. Yeah, we'll see if Tennessee can stop it this weekend, obviously, starting this weekend, because you can imagine Kendall Bryles is going to go at the middle of the football field and, and try to attack Tennessee there. I think he's also going to see how many times he can catch Tennessee in bad personnel or catch them with too many men on the field, you know, for, for timeouts or, uh, or whatever, because Tennessee's had a hard time dealing with up-tempo and with speed as well. Um, now let's talk about the SEC just a little bit um, as we finish it up here. Biggest surprise, LSU? Is that everybody's biggest surprise? At Gotta, be. Point? Gotta be. I mean, they're back to being the old LSU. They're just not as good on defense. You know, I mean, like, you know, offensively, they're, they show a little flash, but not enough consistency. Um, they're not nearly as good on the ground as they have been in the past. And, and defensively, they're nowhere near where they have been. So, um, yes, a surprise that, they're, they, that they've gotten shellacked like they have and given up the amount of points that they have um, to this point in the season. I mean, losing to Missouri, that's a shocker. Losing to Mississippi State, that's a shocker. Not losing to Auburn the way they did is a shocker. Um, just the amount of points they're giving up is just – it's crazy. I'm I mean, dumb. Like, yeah. I'm dumbfounded they don't run any better than they do on defense. I know they lost a lot, and they did, but they don't look very fast on defense. Now, maybe that's 
you know, what, what's the old uh, paralysis, paralysis by analysis or paralysis by analysis or whatever. Okay. I mean, maybe, I maybe, maybe they're just playing too slow because they don't know what they're doing. And that's Bo Pelini's fault, but they don't look very athletic on defense compared to a typical LSU defense. Is there any their way athletic Bo ability back. was the best thing that was going? Is there any way Bo Pelini's back? Surely, no, I can't imagine. I mean, co- the programs may be unwilling to pay the buyout for a head coach, but paying the buyout for a coordinator or an assistant head coach, I, I can totally see that happening. They might make Ed pay that buyout himself. I if mean, I'm, and if I'm high. Ed, I probably volunteer to pay that buyout because or I'm, at least or at least pony up my share. Yeah. Bad, bad, my bad, bad hour guys. I'll, <laughs> I'll chip in on this one. Tell you, Bob Shoop's out there. Go get him. But I mean, look, look at LSU's recruiting classes. The past, you know, it's not like anybody expected the cupboard to be this bare. I mean, yeah, cupboard's not bare. It's just all. I think it's a lot of technique and youth. I mean, you know, I just don't look. Just they just don't look naturally as athletic as you would typically see them. By the way, Joe Burrow's pretty dang good too. Um, oh. so it's, I mean, what he's doing in the NFL is pretty impressive. Who, who's the best freshman you've seen in the SEC so far? Is it Bigsby? I, I think he 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 is a, uh, he he's flashy. He's flashy. It's the best way to put it, in my opinion, with him. All right. So you, take you know him. who I tell you what? If, what's the what's the kid's name? The five star running back at Georgia from a, from California. Oh, you're talking about Kendall Milton. And yes, Kendall Milton. Milton. If, he, Kendall if he was the really. guy, if he was the guy, I I mean I I I think he might be the best freshman in the SEC. He just didn't get enough work. What about your boy Ojalari, AP? Yeah, I mean, going into last weekend, he was leading the SEC in sacks. And, and you see why Jeremy Pruitt and them were crushed when he didn't end up here. I mean, because that's the guy they really need. You talk about curing things. How would they look, you know, if he was here? Of course, you know, nobody else can get on the field. Maybe he couldn't get on the field here. I don't know. Uh, Tyler Barry's got another field there. I know. I'm joking. I don't know. I, I think old, I think old Lajari might, might be the – I think that's a good argument, Howard. Might I mean, offensive guys are more flashy, but you're—I mean, uh, for what he's done, I think you're—I think you're it's, right. It's probably good he didn't end up here because you know, Olajari would have become the new Wayna. <laughs> I'd have got that one wrong all the way through. That's exactly right. I've gotten everything wrong in this deal. I'm just—I'm dumbfounded by your Christmas tree that was put up on Halloween Day, um, while while your wife was out there throwing kids that candy at kids off the front porch through. No, that was me, man. I look like Peyton Manning on the SNL skit where he's just <laughs> rifling it at the kids as they walk by. Hey, P, you didn't have a PVC pipe set up to to drop it down? No. Oh, you're just hurling them at kids. You're such a you're such a fine neighbor, such a kind, gentle soul out there. Yeah. Well, hey. Just remember, coming up tonight, we'll have a live politic political chat with Jesse Simonton, and he'll moderate the general quarters from eight all the way through four a.m. As long as it takes, AP. We'll start at eight, and as as long as it takes. That will that that will not be happening. That's for sure. All right, last thing out the door. What what were your thoughts on the SEC's punishment of uh, our lack of punishment in the in the Florida Missouri deal? Man, I mean, on the one hand, should, I mean, it, have been, should it have been more? I, I mean, I don't have a real problem with it. I mean, are you gonna? I mean, it, first off, and this has been pointed out, you're gonna find somebody a hundred thousand dollars for like the mask etiquette and find Dan Mullen twenty five thousand dollars for for that. Should have fined him that, twenty thousand dollars for wearing a friggin' Darth Vader outfit for his post game press conference. Yeah, that's, that's true too. Story. I don't. I mean, I didn't have a real issue with it. I mean, you had to do something. And and once you did, I mean, was it going to be? I mean, some people were going to say it wasn't enough. Some people were going to say it was. I mean, then you, you bring in the whole fact they're playing Florida. Georgia's playing 
Florida or Florida's playing Georgia this weekend. You're going to have so many, you know, conspiracy theories. You know, there goes the SEC again, protected, you know, protecting the, the big dogs. I just, I didn't have a huge problem with it. I mean, it was just, it was ugly. I mean, they had to do something. Was it enough? I'm, I'm, I'm open to arguments. What, what did any, any idea what Mullen's wife went for for Halloween? I don't have any idea. I'm not touching that one with a 10 foot pole either. Uh, I do think it's interesting that Lane Kiffin can criticize the officials for being wrong on something they admit to being wrong. And his penalty is $5,000 more than Dan Mullen's penalty was for um, his deal on Saturday in in an embarrassing brawl between the two. But because there's never, there's never justification for any of the fines, there's no rhyme or reason. That's true. I mean, NCAA, um, you know, SEC, any governing body. Like, there's really no justification for any of the kind of rulings that come down. Well, the sad part is that was Knox's college fund, too. I mean, that's really <laughs> – Yeah. That's where, it gets, that's where it gets ugly. Yeah, Lane's really bothered by that one. I bet he gets another fine before the year is out, but that's just my guess. So, anyway, that's going to do it for this edition of the Blue Water Climate Control VolQuest.com podcast. Don't forget to check out our friends at Blue Water Climate Control uh, get your uh, heating unit, your HVAC unit checked out. Get that tune-up before we get into the uh, uh, bitter cold of the winter that's coming up. And uh, give, give them a call for all the latest uh, repairs or work that you may need. They can take care of it. You can call them at 865-299-2290, or you can check them out online at bluewaterclimatecontrol.com, where you can book your appointment. Uh, they have financing for any repair that you need. They're going to send an expert out to tell you exactly what you need. Not going to oversell you on something that you don't need. So that's bluewaterclimatecontrol.com. Check them out today. For Austin Price, Rob Lewis, I'm Brent Hubs. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody.